Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen. Human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Quick pass to Crowder trying to get him out of space. Slips a tackle, and there he goes. Crowder, it's a foot race, and Crowder is in there. A 69-yard touchdown. Donald escapes, trying to buy himself some time. Fires, end zone, it's caught. Incredible play by Donald. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. And it's the Q-inator. Oh my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the TOJ Digital Studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it's time to take a look at the film with XNO Quick Hits featuring the man who does Blewett's Blitz over at JetsXFactor.com, Mr. Joe Blewett. Joe, what's going on, buddy? Uh, nothing. You know, seven more games left. It's what we talk about every week. Uh, counting it down week by week to uh, get that first pick in, in cement. That's a lot with what 90% of Jets fans want right now is to get that number one overall pick. So, uh, like you said, it's a, it's a weekly battle to uh, – you know, root against these Jets, it's, it's kind of like conflicting or, you know, you're watching a Patriots game and you kind of want them to win, but at the same time for the long-term future, you know you want them to lose. So I'm ready to uh, move into the future where I get to just root for the Jets to win. If nothing else, Joe, at least watching the film this week was probably the most fun that it's been all season. And strangely enough, part of that is because of Joe Flacco. Now, he made some mistakes, especially with that interception late in the game and then taking that sack. But overall, I thought this was one of the best quarterback games of the season. In fact, probably was the best quarterback game of the season. Would have been nice if it was Sam Darnold doing it, but Flacco looked pretty good. Oh, uh, yeah, it was easily the best. This is this is the only above average or, or, you know, about average quarterbacking I've seen this season. And again, it's, you know, it is an indictment on Sam Donald. And I get that people are going to say, you know, the, the whole wide receiver situation, which is a, a 
part to do with it. But again, we've talked about this a lot on this podcast. It's it's not so black and white. Donald has struggled um, regardless of who the receivers were. He, or there's moments where he would have struggled regardless of if it was Perryman or Mims running those routes instead of Barrios or, or Cager because there are situations where those guys were open where he just did not uh, pull the trigger. So does it make a difference if Perryman's wide open for – you know, by by three yards or, or or if it's cager, like it doesn't really matter. If the guy's open, you got to hit him. So Darnold was struggling regardless of who the receivers were. But uh, yeah, uh, Flacco was good. Obviously, a couple of really nice throws, like you said, the the interception that he threw uh, versus a what looked to be an inverted cover two, uh, forced the ball. You know, with like what six minutes left in the game, six seven minutes left in the game on first down. Uh, the Patriots the Patriots just ran a five or six minute drive, five to five to seven minute drive. And um, he had two checkdowns that were wide open. You actually had a crossing route. I forget who the crossing route was, or who the crossing route was from. It was from the right side. That was open if he hit it. If he seen it early, um, there was the uh, checkdown in Gore who was open, and there was another checkdown that was open. They ran a Yankee concept, and he thought that the uh, deep defensive back was going to uh, jump on the over route from the right side of the field, and that safety did not, or that defensive back did not, and picked up the post. Um, which was Mims, and so it was double teamed. He threw the ball anyway, uh, not you know failing to read that defensive back like he should have. He didn't even really see that defensive back and just chucked the ball up there, up there. So he read inside leverage and tried to throw it inside to Mims without again failing to read the the entire field. And then later in the game, you have uh, was it second and three, and Gore is wide open on a not no sorry, not Gore. It's actually P Ryan who's wide open on another checkdown. He tries to uh, hold the ball, force it down the field a little bit farther, um, or he's looking down the field a little bit farther for something open deep. Um, instead of checking it down, could have easily been first and 10 with, what, a minute and a half to go, just getting a field goal, getting 20 to 25 more yards, uh, with Piron e- easily running for a first down to the 40-yard line or so, or if, if not even farther. So a uh, bad mistake there. There's another mistake uh, later in the game where – or not, or uh, I think it was the second half of the game – but Perryman was shrieking down the right sideline uh, and he threw the ball too short and inside uh, where he easily could have hit Perryman for another touchdown. That could have been three touchdowns in the game and four if Perryman actually caught one ball that he was supposed to, that he dropped. So that's a touchdown missed by Flacco because again, if the receiver is shrieking up the sideline, you want to, you want to lead them and throw them to the outside, especially if the guy's inside leverage. He didn't do that. Uh, it did lead, lead to a pass interference um, that Perryman picked up, but still he missed out on a touchdown there. Uh, you also had another situation in the game where uh, he was a little bit late to hit uh, Mims, and if he did hit Mims earlier uh, on the unders concept, he could have uh, ran for a first down, but unfortunately didn't. And there's another one where he overthrew Mims. Uh, two, two of those last ones were because of pressure, uh, both allowed by a combination of Adoga and Alex Lewis. But uh, overall, other than those mistakes, he was he was on time. He was accurate. Um, that one throw to Crowder was the best throw of the season, in my opinion, um, on that corner route. That's literally the only spot he could have put that ball, and he put it there. It was absurd um, that he was able to fit that ball in there. Uh, obviously hit Perryman, you know, uh, for two touchdowns. The one was wide open, but um, the one Perryman dropped, and the other one wasn't a really good uh, – was really good in terms of leading Perryman deep down the field on the right sideline again, uh, hit Mims a couple times. Uh, so he was really efficient. It was really, you know, nice to see. It was almost too nice to see because if, if Joe Flacco and Frank Gore won us a football game to take us away from Trevor Lawrence and go down to the number two pick, I'm sure a lot of fans would have went absolutely nuts. But uh, it was definitely fun to see some, some good quarterbacking. 
part of the reason that he was able to do good quarterbacking is because he had a healthy wide receiving core. First time this season that Jamison Crowder, Denzel Mims, and Brashad Perriman all played together, and they all look good. Crowder only made two catches, but one of them was that outstanding play in the end zone. As you said, great throw by Flacco, but an outstanding catch by Jamison Crowder. Brashad Perriman with the two long touchdowns, and Denzel Mims making some nice plays, showing off that yak ability. Talk to me about what you saw from the receivers, because I thought they were pretty impressive. Yeah, it was really nice to see the uh, the wide receivers all, all together again. Um, I think there are definitely some people who look at the situation as too black or too black and white, uh, where people are saying, "Oh, if Donald was in this game, he would have had just as much just as much success um, as Joe Flacco." I don't think that's true. Again, I think it's looking at it a little bit too simplistically. Um, but yeah, it was definitely nice to, to see those those guys healthy. Uh, Crowder, like you said, you know, was minimal on the statue, you know, minus the touchdown. There was that other really nice catch he had uh, going, you know, running from left to right. Really nice hands catch. Um, obviously, the touchdown catch was, you know, just as nice. Actually, I would say it's a little bit less nice of a catch than it was a throw. The throw was beautiful, but uh, toe drag on the sideline, awareness of the sideline, uh, the the hands catch. It was beautiful from Crowder as well. So good job on uh, on that one. There's another t- uh, two times I believe earlier in that in the first half where Mims was targeted and Crowder was open deep down the field where it could have been a touchdown or a big game where Flacco didn't see him, but instead targeted Mims, which is okay because I think both those times he connected with Mims, maybe one of the times he didn't, but regardless, uh, Crowder got open and when he you know, got the ball thrown his way, he did his job. Uh, Perriman, again, could have been a four touchdown game. Like, let's be honest, it was a really, really nice game. And for the people out there, you know, I've been one of the guys who've been, who's been a little bit of a Perriman stand. I think that on the field when he plays, he's actually a pretty good wide receiver. But the problem with him is his health, um, which we've obviously seen, you know, we've seen uh, that take part in his 2020 uh, 2020 season with the Jets because he's not been healthy. But when he is on the field, I think he's pretty solid. So um, this game was a huge showing for him. Obviously, the one touchdown that he dropped, he didn't look in the ball fully. Um, He's looking towards the – you know, towards the paint to try to see where he can get his feet in or if he can get his feet in before he secured the ball. So that's why he dropped that. But um, the one touchdown to the left sideline, he used another one of his hop step releases, which I go over in my show a lot. Did a lot with the Buccaneers. Use that again there. Really screws up the defensive back's timing. And he blew past the left side of the, of the DB. Uh, caught the touchdown on the left side of the field, shrinking down the, the field. Uh, again, uh, later in the game, uh, the, the touchdown where he broke the cornerback's ankles, he used a shuffle release did a really good job uh the corner because uh he did eat the turf or he, he got caught by the turf monster a little bit but uh Perryman forced him into that position because he used a shuffle release did a good job squaring the guy up and the guy hopped back onto his heels and that's why he trips a good by good job by Perryman on that completely roasted that guy touchdown and then again that that one time later in the game um <clears throat> where Perryman uh beats I believe it was McCordy uh, Jason McCordy up the right sideline just blows right by him, just pure speed. The uh, McCordy angles his hips off, and you had Perryman who just took it with that four three speed, gets by him. Uh, Flacco puts the ball too short and inside, and uh, he has to work back to the ball, draws a PI instead of it being a whatever it would have been, uh, you know, 30 40 yard touchdown for Perryman. So he did great. And then Mims, too. Mims, this is, this is the most impressive game to me. He, he keeps taking steps in the right direction. Um, nice body control, nice hand catches. The physicality in the routes is good. Uh, I think I think he did a little bit better job with his stems 
um, and his releases this game. Good job with his hands. Um, you know, obviously uh, breaking across guys' faces and defeating the hands, which he struggled with a little bit the first two games. I think he took a step in the right direction uh, in this game. Uh, another really, really nice route on that on that stop route over the middle is another situation where he could have cleaned up himself technically in terms of committing to his stop step and not lunging a little bit too much into it. So his technique wasn't the best um, in terms of like how much he can actually clean it up, but he still got out of the route really, really quickly, which is super impressive. Again, a guy who's 6'2", 6'3", who's getting out of breaks really sharply um, and not having the best technique is super uh, encouraging for the future because I know he's going to continue to round that stuff out, especially considering that he didn't run a ton of routes at Baylor. So once he rounds that stuff out and you take that freaky athleticism plus good route running, uh, he could be pretty ridiculous in that in that uh, in that aspect. So that's a positive. There's another route over the middle, which I'm sure nobody's going to bring up, but it was a mesh concept, and he did a really good job with his patience in his route and and pushing his route a little bit more vertically upfield to set the 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 natural rub um, of that mesh concept in. So again, it's not something that a lot of people are going to talk about, but it's a really little nuance of his route running that was uh, really positive because a lot of young guys cut it flat because they just want to get open right away but he had a really uh, good understanding of how to get open on that route. And it worked perfectly. Uh, that was the play that uh, I believe it was a Doga got the holding or a Doga a lot of pressure. So Flack, you know, saw Mims a little bit late. So uh, he got tackled as soon as he caught the ball, but it could have went for more if, if uh, Doga actually blocked well, but that was a really nice play. And then obviously there was the two plays of, of, of yak that he was showing uh, really physical dude is, a, is, is, has good uh, contact balance can run with the, with the, with the ball after the catch. And a lot of people say, Oh, well, you know, the whole uh, thing in college where he didn't get a lot of yak, which I, which again, that's why stats are sometimes too simple because the reason, and we, and we talked about this a lot um, with him in uh, Baylor, the reason he didn't get yak was because uh, he is, uh, or in that offense, or sorry, in that offense, he ran a lot of fade routes. So how many guys are going to get yak after fade? That, that, that's not conducive to fade. So it wasn't, the fact that he couldn't get Yak, if the system that he was running or that was ran at Baylor wasn't conducive to him getting Yak yardage. So um, he was able to do it. He just wasn't put in a position to do it. So once the Jets start using him on more overs and drags and slants, um, I can even see him on tunnel screens or shield screens or smoke screens, whatever it may be, um, because he does have that ability. And he showed it this uh, this week. You know, uh, J.C. Jackson's a good tackling cornerback, and he planted him on his ass, you know, so – um, he had a ton of really positive plays from both Yak, from uh, catching the ball outside of his frame, from good hand technique to catching the ball, to route running, uh, to understanding of route, of route uh, nuance in terms of concepts and how, how, how to set up your routes to get open um, on that mesh concept. So really, really positive game from him. I'm really excited for his future uh, with the Jets. Joe, let's talk a little offensive line and running back. I thought that some of the vitriol directed towards Adam Gase for giving Frank Gore so many carries was not well-founded because, quite frankly, I haven't seen much from LaMichael P. Ryan that would make me optimistic about him. And I understand that for the future, you're hoping P. Ryan could turn into something. But if you're Gase and you're the coach, you got to go with who's running the ball better. And let's be honest, Frank Gore has been running the ball better than LaMichael Pirine, so I understand why he's getting more carries. I have seen some things from Pirine in the passing game and with blitz pickups that have been nice, but as far as just carrying the ball, haven't been super impressed. And then with the offensive line, when Becton was in there, really, really good. When he came out, 
not as good, but still, I thought this was the best overall performance by the offensive line this season, particularly from Fant and Van Roten. Van Roten has looked much better the last couple of weeks from everything I can see. Yeah, I would say this is definitely their best performance. Uh, I think something to note also is obviously the Patriots uh, not necessarily having the best pass rush group in, in the NFL, so something you should you know, note down. It's not like they're playing a, a top-notch rushing team or anything like that, so you do want to be fair, but yeah, overall, uh, Fant played really well. Uh, I thought Connor McGovern played well uh, this game. He had a few uh, nice pancake blocks, which is a positive, at least one that I could think of all the top of my head that was really nice. Uh, Connor, uh, sorry, Greg Van Roten, again, like you said, started off the season pretty slow, but the last couple of games, not allowing a lot of pressures, doing pretty well, picking up uh, you know some stunts. Uh, had a few plays this game, or uh, at least two, where he was not the primary blocker. Um, on a defender, you know, whether it be three tech, five tech, one tech, whatever it was, and then he would drop the hammer or the plow, as some people like to call it, and absolutely just destroy guys, lifting them off their feet. Uh, I put up a really nice play of that uh, on my show, so that was you know kind of fun to watch him lift the grown man off off the ground, and he literally tosses a, a, a defensive lineman about two three yards in the air, which is always definitely fun to see on on tape. So another positive game from him. Uh, Alex Lowe struggled again. A lot of it's just simple technique with him um, where it's the little things where he's, he's throwing punching uh, punches as he's retreating and not really throwing a lot into his, his punches. So you see his hands get defeated pretty easily, um, which is obviously a problem. There's a lot of times where he's late to pick up a stunt or a blitzer, which puts his, whether it be a center or his left tackle in a bad position um, because he's not helping them uh, pass off those stunts. So that's not a positive. We see, a lot of McGovern or whoever it may be next to him struggling a little bit because of him. So uh, he's been for sure a weak link. Uh, Chimo Dogo wasn't brutal this game when he came in, but again, there was two of those Mims plays uh, where Flacco was either late to see Mims um, or completely avoided him because of the pressure that um, Adogo allowed in, in the pocket and forced Flacco to move a little bit. He also had the holding play. Um, he got beat a couple times, so he wasn't good in this game either. He wasn't dreadful, but he definitely wasn't good. Uh, Beckton, it was a similar game to last game where I said like he was solid, but he wasn't top-notch Beckton uh, like we saw, you know, versus the Bills the first week or the Niners or, you know, whatever game you, you want to throw in there that you thought was his best game. Uh, the earlier games were definitely better. The last couple of weeks, he seems to be playing injured a little bit. There was, two play- like, there was a couple plays this game where whether it be a down block or him kicking somebody out where he completely demolished. Um, the guy in front of him, and the Jets ran behind him, and they were su- super successful. So I don't want people to think that those plays didn't exist because um, there were two off the top of my head that, that existed that they got a first down and, and plus yards um, because of him. One was a gore play where he created so much room in the C gap, or actually it was a B gap because of how far he ran the defensive end uh, off of the ball where Gore was able to kind of bend his track a little bit farther to the outside and avoid some pressure from the inside where if Becton didn't, uh, run his guys so far to the outside, it would have been, probably been either a run stuff or a you know gain of one or two yards because of Beckton did his job uh, and completely moved his guy. Actually, he went you know far and beyond and, and above his job um, and completely moved his guy five six yards um you know from his original alignment. Uh, the hole was wide open and again went from one to two yard gain if you had a Kelvin Beecham there or a regular left tackle and went to a 15- to 16-yard gain just because of Beckton. So those, there were definitely those plays. But then there was also two plays where um, some of the, the technique that I, that I said he needs to work on showed up. Uh, one specifically where he's moving. I, I think it was number 91. Um, he was running him to the outside in like a base block. 
and uh, Becton was a little bit like too non-committal with his hands, where he kind of just he kind of just opened up his hips and was just working against the defensive end with his with his right hand instead of you know squaring the guy up, getting two hands and running him off the ball. He was a little bit um, too confident in his power, and the defensive end was able to disengage and make a tackle. And there was another play um, where it was a direct example of what I want him to fix. I think it's the biggest thing he needs to fix is, you know, well at least in the run game was uh, he gets he got, he got comes off the ball he squares up the it's a defensive back I think the safety who is in the box and who he goes against and he does a good job throwing the safety four or five yards back but because he doesn't maintain his grip he doesn't get guys close he doesn't climb that tree you know air quotes as, as you'd like to see and get your hands on guys grip them and run them um, off the ball instead he, he kind of tries to go for the highlight play a little bit too much in my opinion where he tries to throw guys and what happens is when you throw guys obviously now you're you're disengaged and when you're disengaged the, the safeties the defensive backs you know Beckton is a freak uh, a freak of nature and a freak athlete but they're still more athletic than him um, you know acceleration change of direction you know lateral movement whatever it may be so he disengages with them uh, on this play he disengages and then they the guy sidesteps them and makes a tackle where if he you know if he were to you know grip the guy and run him off the ball instead of trying to throw him off the ball uh, it could have been a bigger game for the running back. So I definitely want to see him fix that a little bit. I know I know the, the, him throwing guys looks great, but technically it's not the best thing you want to do in terms of consistency um, of maintaining your blocks. So I definitely want to see that fixed a little bit again. He's a rookie. There are things to improve. He's not an elite tackle yet, but I think he's on the track to be that. And I think he's already a very good tackle, or at least a good tackle. So, uh, again, don't get that twisted at all. But uh, there's definitely some things he needs to improve on technically. He can't just rely on his power all the time. It's not always going to work. So um, a good game for Beckton. But, again, uh, some things that, that I want to see improved. And then, like you said, with the running backs, uh, Gore has – listen, he, I think early in the season he was missing some holes that were a little bit frustrating. But recent weeks he's just been hitting the holes that are there and, and getting consistent yardage. And, again, you see – the improvement in the Jets' offensive line, like how much better, like like realistic. I know the Jets suck this year, but their run blocking from just this, from just last year to this year is is leaps and bounds um, better. It, it really is really impressive how much they've gotten better, and I, I think Joe Douglas is is going to continue to address that. So it is, again, it's nice to see that a, a, a GM um, with a heavy focus on offensive line is improving that offensive line. Um, again, the team is bad, and there are a weak link or two. Obviously, when you have Josh Andrews playing, when you have Alex Lewis playing a lot of reps, and you have guys like Chuma Doga in the game a lot, then yeah, you're going to struggle at times. But you know, the the GVRs, the the fans, the Bexons that he brought in are definitely making an impact. So that's a positive, um, which obviously helps out guys like Gore, who's been pretty consistent. Again, not a he's not going to break a 90 yard run, but he's been pretty consistent over the last few weeks. So he he was a positive from this game. And like you said with P. Ryan, I, I think he's improved a little bit with his pass protection. Uh, he's had a, a nice catch or two. He obviously had a nice touchdown run a couple of weeks ago. But um, in terms of his vision, I think he's struggling a little bit. He he kind of just looking for the first uh, gap that he can hit for a yard or two, and he's not he's not being as patient as he should be in in his zone blocking scheme. You want to be a little bit more patient um, and read leverages. You know, listen if you if you're running the ball to the left and everybody's leverage. Um, on your offensive line is inside leverage of those defenders, then you're probably going to want to cut it back, and, and and vice versa. You know, if you're if you're running through the B gap and everybody on your offense has outside leverage on the defenders, then you're probably going to want to be, uh, bounce the run outside. But he's had a little bit too much of just seeing a, a, a you know a, a little bit of green grass and trying to trying to hit it right away, or you know as they call it, bang the run. 
Um, he's been doing that a little bit too much. And again, one specific example this game, I forget if it was inside zone or mid zone, but um, he has a hole, you know, two yard hole. If, if he if he ducks his head and, and runs into the back of a couple of offensive linemen, that's what he, what, that's what he does. And if he read the leverages properly, and again, it's, it wasn't a big ass. It's not like oh, you know, freeze frame as he already hits the other hole and this hole was open. It wasn't it wasn't like that. Like I'm not Monday morning quarterbacking that bad. The hole was open on the backside pretty early, and it was because of like I said all the hats of the Jets offensive line were inside leverage of all the defensive hats. Um, and you also had a linebacker who, who was going to fill a hole and his hips were completely open to the, um, to the outside. He doesn't hit the, he doesn't, uh, he hits the outside where all the defenders are going instead of sticking his foot in the turf and, and, and bending the run backwards and hitting it for potentially, you know, five to 10 yards. Instead, again, he bent, he bangs that hole, which <laughs> sounds screwed up. Now that I say it, that's, that's the terminology. And, he, you know, he runs for two yards. So his vision is definitely – he definitely struggling with his vision a little bit. So I want to see that improved um, from, from P. Ryan. Um, so I get why Gore is playing a little bit more in terms of the coaching because that's the problem right now is you have a GM who wants to build for the future paired with a uh, coach who's trying to save his job. So he's going to play the Beckton's when, when he's injured. He's going to play Mims if he's hurt in practice or whatever. He's going to play – um, Donald, if he hurt his shoulder, because he needs to win, he needs to build that resume for wh- wherever he may be coaching next. Uh, Pretty God's not with the Jets, obviously, but um, that's a little bit of the issue. So, from the, the tank standpoint, from the Jets wanting to build a team for the future, I'm sure that all the Jets fans want to see P. Ryan get 20 carries and Gore get five for it. But for his coach who's trying to win, I get playing Gore more because at this point, Gore is the better running back. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. 
Joe, let's shift to defense and talk about the front seven. No Quinn and Williams in this game, but Foley Fadakasi was pretty dominant. He made some really good stops, especially in the run game behind the line. And then Harvey Lange, say what you want to about him, but boy, what an effort. That one play where he almost mm-hmm. had Cam Newton twice and then darted up field 15 yards to make a stop after Newton completed the pass was very impressive. Tell me what you saw when you looked at the film. Yeah, overall, starting with the, the defensive line, uh, Fado Kassi, uh was a little more quiet to begin the season, but he's starting to, to uh, show up a, a lot now. And again, for a guy who was, what, a sixth-round pick in his third year, I think he's a long-term building piece at, at nose tackle. Uh, super powerful dude. Like, when he gets his hands on you and he's trying to drive you backwards, he'll just absolutely dominate centers. He did that uh, multiple times this game and getting multiple run stuffs, the one being on fourth and one. Uh, ran the center right into the running back, right into the mesh point, caused a fumble. Uh, another time in the game, he uh, he got wham blocked. He noticed the wham block coming from the fullback, uh, attacks the wham blocker, completely blows up that wham block and blows up the running back. Um, in that process, he was a menace on the inside, so that was a positive to see from him. Uh, John Franklin Myers had another nice run stuff or two. Um, this game a little more quiet than some other games, but still definitely a positive game. Uh, Basham had a nice play in the front seven. Uh, he was on the left edge, the left edge of the defense, or the, or the right edge of the offense, um, and they run a jet sweep, and he does a really, really nice job um, widening with one of the blockers that was coming to block him, um, not allowing the jet sweep to get outside of him. So, obviously, you know, you know, you'll have a lot of inexperienced guys knife inside, and then they'll bounce the run outside and, and, and get it towards the sideline, but he did a really nice job widening, getting hands on the blocker, forcing the, the cutback of the wide receiver, and then disengages, drops his weight, and makes the tackle on the receiver. So he had a positive player, too, which is, which is a good thing to see. Uh, Huff struggled a little bit. Um, again, undrafted guy, last game pretty quiet. Uh, this game was relatively quiet as well. And the one touchdown run that Cam Newton had, or one of them, um, he was targeted on a read option. Uh, he shovels a little bit too far inside uh, if, the, if Cam Newton was to hand out the ball to the running back. Um, it would be it would not be his responsibility. It would have been one of the guys on the inside. I think it was Ashton Davis who was filling it, or it was actually uh, Langy who was filling um, an interior gap. Huff had to make sure that yeah he shuffled down the line of scrimmage a little bit to play the running back. Um, if the running back were to were to bend the run back, but he has to make absolutely sure that he's not going to get outflanked to the sideline and and Cameron's not going to uh, outrun him. Uh, he shuffled a little bit too too much down uh, you know into the box and Cam Newton pulls the ball. Uh, runs it around him for the touchdown. So he got targeted there, some inexperience um, from him. Uh, other than that, with the front seven, I, I think Hewitt struggled. He missed a few tackles, didn't really make a too big of an impact. Jordan Jenkins looked completely lost on a couple of plays. Um, a lot of, like, again, on a base level, he has, like, good good awareness um, and will maintain his edge pretty well. But when you start throwing, like, jet sweeps and orbit motions and return motions and all these things um, by Jordan Jenkins, he starts to – um, get distracted by contact a little bit. When there's a lot of eye candy, he just looks at the first guy running at him and just goes to blow up that guy, and he'll take himself completely out of the play, um, which he did um, in this game. I forget exactly what the example was, but if he were to just um, keep his eyes up, he could have made a tackle on the running back for a tackle for loss, but uh, a polar comes. I believe it's like a one-back power, and if he were to just see the mesh point, attack the mesh point, um, and stay a little bit patient, he could have had a tackle for loss, but he attacks the pulling guard and the running back just bounces it right, you know, bounces it right outside of him. So uh, he's been super quiet and a really, really, really disappointing year from Jenkins on the, on the defense. Um, 
So he was a negative. Uh, Lange, again, uh, you know, as a role player, uh, I'm definitely uh, fine with him. As a special key special teamer, you know, good. But obviously you don't want him starting, you know, full-time reps. Uh, I think in the run game, he's, he's pretty solid. Uh, he definitely plays with his hair on fire, the play you mentioned. You know, he blitzes up the A-gap. Uh, almost has a shot at Cam Newton, but the running back fills, uh, you know, uh, chops or uh, cut blocks. Um, Lange, Lange is not able to get to Newton at that point. He gets back up, maintains his balance, or he just maintains his balance. I don't think he falls down at that point. Uh, comes to, to sack Cam Newton. He goes a little bit high. Uh, Cam ducks out of it, rolls away. Lange gets up again. Uh, it starts to chase down Newton. Newton throws the ball underneath. Uh, and then Lange runs 10 yards down the field to make the tackle. And if you don't like that stuff watching film, um, especially on a team who sometimes doesn't look like they're trying, especially when you have guys like Pierre Desir who we'll talk about, seeing a guy, you know, almost get a sack, get a cup blocks, get back up, run, miss a sack because he goes too high, get back up, run for the sack again, ball gets thrown, changes direction, runs to the receiver, makes a tackle. Like, that's a hell of a play. Like, that's how you earn a contract. That's, I you absolutely love to see that. So uh, he made a few nice plays in the run game. Um, in terms of taking on blockers, taking on the running back, making tackles. Uh, he showed some some uh, sideline to sideline speed that I didn't necessarily uh, see on tape before. Um, one rolling, uh, running to his right, he took out a running back in the open field, which is really nice, showing, some like, again, some speed that I didn't necessarily uh, see on film. So that was a positive. Uh, in coverage, you don't really want him too much there. That that last play of the game that set the field goal, which I'm sure, again, 90% of Jets fans are happy with, uh, he didn't really, he didn't really do, uh, do such a good job. Um, in terms of matching the number two, uh, there's only two threats to his side of the field. The number one uh, ran vertical, so he only really had to worry about the, the number two threat. Uh, Lange aggressively jammed him, but then he let him get behind him. And what that resulted in was Hall's eyes, um, you know, kind of kind of drifting to that number two because Lange uh, let up or he, he lost the leverage battle in terms of uh, letting the tight end get outside of him and vertical of him where, again, Lange in that situation with six seconds left in the game with the Patriots on their own 40-yard line or so uh, should have been more patient and stayed over the top of the guy to not put Hall in a bind, um, which we can go to Hall you know, later on that as well, where Hall should have done a better job. It, it, they attacked the inexperience there. Lange didn't do a great job, let the guy uh, run a little pass and distract Hall. Hall got off of his read and then try to pass it off to Davis and Davis was way too deep. And then that's what ended up in the Patriots kicking a 51 yard field goal from the folk hero who saved our season. Um, so overall, like, yeah, good game in terms of effort from Lange. Uh, obviously there was some hiccups in there, especially with that, with that last play. Um, but in terms of like earning that, that fourth inside linebacker job or, or fourth outside linebacker job, because typically he was an outside linebacker. Uh, this game uh, and the game previously in the year, I know he played a little more inside linebacker, but he might have just earned himself on, a, on, on the roster next year. Like, you know, the Jets are obviously going to have a ton of turnover um, on the team, and play like that uh, earns you a roster spot. I, I think for a guy like Joe Douglas, who is all about those team captains, those high-effort type guys, and of, of course people are going to take shots at Joe Douglas for that this year and say, oh, well, where are the team captains now? You can't, you can't build a team full of leaders and, and expect them to lead a team in one off season when you didn't really spend a lot of free agency and it's your first draft. Like people have to be realistic with that. So I, I think for a guy in Douglas who preaches that stuff, Lange might've played himself on to the uh, 2021 Jets roster. So really, really impressive game for him. Joe, if you were to bet on one player on this team to have a terrible game on a week in week out basis, it would be Pierre Desir. And I wish that I could make that bet 
over at my bookie because I'd be a rich man right now. Unfortunately, you can't bet on that, but you can bet on the full slate of games this weekend. You can also bet on the full slate of games next weekend when the Jets are back in action. You can bet on all the props. MMA, boxing, anything you want, it's all over at MyBookie. And if you use the promo code OVERTIME right now, you'll get your deposit matched halfway all the way up to 1000 bucks. Terms are simple. You put in 200 bucks, they match you up to 100 The most is 1000 so they would match you at 500 But it's basically free money if you're planning to gamble anyway. Go over to MyBookie, bet on anything you like, just use the promo code OVERTIME. And Joe, as I said, I'd be a millionaire if I was betting against Pierre Desir every single week. Once again, terrible effort, terrible play. The only positive thing you can say about Pierre Desir, other than the fact that he's only on a one-year contract, is that he's not Tremaine Johnson. I also thought that Bless Austin played pretty poorly, and he's slowly but surely revealing himself to be nothing more than a depth piece. However, on the bright side, we did see some nice things from Ashton Davis. He looks like somebody that could be a real piece in the secondary. And Bryce Hall, we got to see him make his debut, so that was encouraging as well. Yeah, I think if I was going to make that bet on my bookie, honestly, I was going to say Bless Austin. Uh, I I think Bless Austin's been dreadful this year, too, to be completely honest. I, I think he makes you know, one or two like highlight type YouTube hits on a guy um, in a game. And that'll kind of distract people a lot, but then that they, they won't remember the other two tackles or three tackles that he missed. So I think plus Austin's been pretty bad. And again, like you said, revealing himself to be nothing more than a depth piece. And listen, you know, relative to expectations, if you get a six, if you get a six string corner in the sixth round, I think you'd be happy with that. Like, like based on law of averages of how well, like, you know, how often six round picks work out, but um, he's not a starter. He, he he's just not uh, bad technique. Opens his hips up too early. His 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 understanding of leverage and how to play leverage um, to kind of keep his hips square. Again, uh, corners are something really hard to explain over over just voice. But um, his eyes aren't his eyes aren't good. Uh, he he takes he he reads the quarterback when he shouldn't read the quarterback. Uh, when he should be reading the quarterback, he's not reading the quarterback. He he allows guys to attack his blind spot. Um, his eyes aren't proper. His his leverage isn't proper. Uh, his his uh, alignment in terms of like his, uh, his you know his his feet being or his his feet being squarely underneath his frame um, and about shoulder width apart with good knee bend with your hands ready. Like he doesn't have that. He always throws his weight back onto his heels as the ball is snapped. Opens up too soon. Uh, doesn't throw his tee or quarter steps like he should. Instead, he just opens his hips up like he's. There are so many things that, like, I'm as like information overload right now, and try to like explain it again. It's not something easy to explain um, over over the phone, but uh, he's been he's been dreadful in, in my opinion. Uh, you know, versus the Bills, he gave up two touchdowns, and the week after that, with the uh, or, or one or two touchdowns, it could have been two. I remember the Chiefs he gave up a couple of touchdowns, so he's been bad. He got beat up this game again. Uh, he got beat specifically on third down at least twice. Um, and it was both similar situations, like allowing guys to attack blind spots, um, opening his hips up too soon, and like the same story that's been repeated since 2015 with Jets corners, which is why I do not and I will not ever get the hype for Gennaro Wilson from Jets fans. I thought I, there, there must, there absolutely must have been one article that hyped up Gennaro Wilson from 2015 or 16, whatever, when he was hired from the Rams or maybe even earlier. And people have ran with that since because they don't really know what to look for in a defensive backs coach, but. I think he's been doing a poor job of, of his defensive or coaching his defensive back. So I don't, I'll never get the hype for him. Um, 
But, uh, yeah, continuing on, you know, he's been bad, bless Austin. This year has been bad. Uh, he's not as bad as Austin, in my opinion, um, to be completely frank, but he's still really bad. Like, again, same thing, opening his hips up too, too early. Uh, obviously, we saw the play, which the complete opposite, the, the polar opposite of Harvey Lange. Harvey Lange, you see him going balls to the wall every single play, earning his spot. You have Pierre Desir, who lets up a catch, and then is jogging next to the guy, not even attempting to make the tackle because he completely gave up and just passed it off um, and figured one of his other defensive backs would make the tackle and he didn't have to anymore because the guy, you know, uh, started to run to the inside. So a piss-poor effort from him. Uh, he got beat up this game um, as well. Uh, obviously, you have the, the pool injury. Uh, Bryce Hall, you know, gave up a few plays. That, that last play of the game, like I said, um, he really needed to stick the number one there and carry the number one to Davis because, listen – even if that number two that I was discussing with Lange beats you in that play, again, can't describe everything over the telephone, um, he rallies, makes a tackle, and he at that point he tackles the tight end, and the Patriots are at the you know, the 50-yard the line or the Jets 45, and now you're looking at a 67-yard field goal or a 62-yard field goal. So he has to understand situa- situational awareness there. Um, I thought he did a relatively decent job of staying square um, overall throughout the game. But again, this is a guy who – hasn't played football in, in about a year. So he's going to be a little bit rusty. But overall, he wasn't abused in this game. And for a guy who hasn't played football in a year um, and is a rookie, I'm, I'm happy with that. So you have to be happy with Paul, um, in, in my opinion. Um, other than that, from the secondary, I thought May was pretty quiet on, on that play that I was discussing with Pierre Desir where he just let the, he passed the guy off. Um, Marcus May took a bad angle. And if Bless Austin wasn't able to get off of his blocker, it would have been a touchdown. But Bless Austin is a, you know, the positive of him is his frame and his physicality. So he was able to get off that block and, and run the receiver out of bounds. But May didn't take a good angle. So May's been pretty quiet. Again, I, I think May's a little bit overhyped by Justin. I think he's a decent safety. But, uh, you know, there was a time, um, even in the Bills game, where he let up a post that could have been an easy touchdown um, that he blew. But, but uh, Quentin Williams, you know, created pressure and didn't allow Josh Allen to throw it. I believe the last game, too, not, not, not this game, that he blew another, uh, another coverage. And then there's another blown defense from the secondary in this game where I, I think it was Jacoby Myers deep down the field on a, on a seam where it looked – I think it was cover, uh, uh, inverted cover two, cover two invert, and Desir passed it to May. But May had to play the number one on the opposite side of the field. Uh, um, so he jumped the number one on the opposite side of the field. Pierre Desir thought he was going to pick up the seam route. Um, and it was a miscommunication, and it could have been an easy, you know, 60-yard touchdown or so because of the miscommunication between those two guys. So that was bad from the secondary. Overall, you know, uh, one-on-one against their guys with this year, um, and Austin, it was bad. Hall was a positive, and then other than that, Davis. Um, a step in the right direction, for sure. Uh, the game against the Chiefs obviously got uh, toasted by Hill. Uh, did a bad job in that play that we described uh, last week. And then also in the run game, he let up that touchdown as well where he could have rallied me to tackle the 20, 15-yard line, whatever it was. Um, but he did a bad job closing ground. Uh, this game was playing all over the field, uh, which is a positive, playing in the box, playing deep. You know, he was playing all over, which is, a, which is definitely a positive. Uh, was super physical in the run game. Uh, made a couple of tackles. He had a touchdown saving tackle on one play. And then obviously it's the Jets to so the next play. They got a touchdown anyway. Um, but... Uh, he had a few he had a few nice reps for for sure this game after struggling the the uh, the, the previous week um, and he had the one play in the box he had a couple plays in the box for blitzing which I thought was a positive so he's a guy who's going to be a versatile piece like he could play in the block uh, in in the, in the box he could play 
uh, man on tight ends. He can play deep zones, which I think he needs a lot of work on, if, if anything. Um, I think he's a guy you, you want to blitz right now and play man because you don't have to think a lot in those situations. So I think that's what you want him doing. Um, but he had the play where he's coming off the left edge um, or the right edge of the defense, the left edge of the of the defense. Um, I think I said that right. And uh, he the, the tight end chips and releases. Um and he gets a free shot at Cam Newton. He shows a lot of acceleration to get to Cam Newton. He drops his shoulder into Cam Newton. He lunges a little bit at him, but I don't think he lunges up in the air. He, it looks like he's lunging just to close ground and deliver a pop. Like, listen, you have a free shot on a quarterback who's 6'5", 235, 240. You got to pop him. Like, that, that's the name of the game. Like, you got to shake the quarterback, especially a guy that big. You don't want to necessarily um, take some steam off of, your, off of your speed and your acceleration towards him because then – you try to do that, and you know, two hundred and ten pound guy versus two hundred and thirty five, you might break your tackle. So yeah, you got to pop him. That's the name of the game. It's freaking football. And of course, the refs being soft and the NFL being soft, uh, he gets a penalty. I don't, I don't think it's a penalty. Uh, you know, there's some times where I think the Jets get soft penalties. There's some times where I, I think they deserve their penalty. This is a situation where I don't think he deserved his penalty. So good job by him on that. I'll give him a plus on that play. Um, so he was all over the place. A positive game for a couple of the rookies with with Hall and. And Davis and big negatives, in my opinion, for uh, this year and Austin and May again, pretty quiet. And the few times he did show up, it wasn't necessarily in the most positive light, at least to me. Before we go, let's try and put a few bucks in your pocket, courtesy of my buddy Walter Cherapinski over at WalterFootball.com. He's got your Sunday gambling picks. Walter, let's make some people money this Sunday. Welcome to the show, my man. Thanks, Scott. So, obviously, can't bet against the Jets this week for a change. Uh, obviously, they're on a bye. Uh, but I'm on Tuesday afternoon, I'm going to have a write-up on the site talking about why I think Trevor Lawrence won't avoid going to the Jets, as some are speculating for some reason. So, uh, look for that Tuesday afternoon. Uh, I like five games this week. Uh, two of them feature great quarterbacks coming off a loss, uh, which is a great angle I love to bet on. Uh, one is the Buccaneers minus six over the Panthers. Uh, so, the Buccaneers are humiliated on national TV. Sunday night against the Saints. They lost 38-3. They're a lot better than that. They're blowing some coverages, and I think a, a long, uh, a regular week, rather, should allow them to bounce back against the Panthers, who won't have Christian McCaffrey or Russell Okung. So I think the Buccaneers are going to win in a blowout. Also, the Seahawks plus 2.5 over the Rams. Uh, so we have Russell Wilson, who's 23-10 and 10 against the spread off a loss, uh, excluding his rookie year. Uh, kind of mirrors what Tom Brady's record is, which is 44-21 uh, and 21 against the spread off a loss. Uh, so, you know, betting on these great quarterbacks following a defeat is usually a great angle. And I don't trust Jared Goff in a big game. So I, I like Seattle as well. Uh, also, Arizona minus three. Uh, this line was minus one and a half, two. Uh, it went up to three Saturday afternoon because the Bills uh, are going to be missing some players uh, due to uh, testing positive. So, um and some of those players are on defense, so I don't know how they're going to defend Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins and Christian Kirk uh, or and Kenyon Drake slash Chase Edmonds. So I think Arizona is going to win big against the Bills team that might be a little uh, deflated after beating Seattle um, in, in a big game. Also, like the Steelers, minus 7.5 or the Bengals. Uh, this line, uh, the advanced line on this game uh, before the Week 9 games took place was minus 10. And now it's down to 7.5 because the Steelers almost lost to the Cowboys. I don't think the Steelers took that game seriously. And uh, the Bengals are going to be missing some players. Uh, Geno Atkins is going to be out. They're going to be missing a couple off offensive linemen. Uh, so I think the Steelers should win this game easily. And I think it's going to remind us of the Ravens-Bengals game where uh, uh, you know, Joe Burrow came into the 
that game uh, looking good, and then the Ravens just crushed them uh, because uh, the Ravens just had more talent than the Bengals did. I think this is kind of the same case. Uh, the final game is the Bears uh, plus three on Monday night against the Vikings. Um, you know, the Vikings are down some players, a couple cornerbacks, a couple of pass rushers. Uh, they're not the same team we once saw, also Anthony Barr. Uh, so they're missing five defensive starters against a Bears team that obviously uh, just dreadful offensively. But, you know, the strength of the team, Allen Robinson, Anthony Miller, Darno Mooney, uh, they have good receivers, and I think they have a good matchup against the Vikings cornerbacks. Uh, the Vikings have won a couple games in a row, but they've, they've battled some bad run defenses like the Packers and the Lions. The Bears are great against the run. They just, they just uh, limited Derrick Henry to about 60 rushing yards. So I think they should should limit Dalvin Cook just as well. So that means Kirk Cousins, who has not won a Monday Night Football game, is going to have to throw a, throw a lot, and I, I don't think that's going to bode well for him. So I think the Bears pull the upset. So uh, those are the WalterFootball.com Week 10 picks. Uh, back to you, Scott. Thanks, Walter, and thank you for listening. If you haven't given us a five-star review on iTunes yet, if you could go ahead and do that for us, really appreciate it. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. It doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.